You're now listening to J House Podcast Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Godfather with a gun full of snakes Car Porsche time to give away a wraith Bricks ball time to turn them into bass Big boy I'm me trying by the braves Courtroom silent like I'm in the opera When it got it now these Yo yo what is up bro? What is up man it has been far too long hadn't it? Yes about like three about two three weeks bro Man Lots happened, man. It finally came out. Yep. The movie that we started the podcast talking about, the movie that we didn't even know if it would ever come out, finally came out. Yep. Finally came out. And begin of that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the return of J House Podcast Radio. We're resuming, picking up. So much has happened. So much has went down. Fatherhood's been crazy. So much. Evan been rocking out at uh, the University of Mobile and at work with the theater program. Just been a busy life. Bro, speaking of which, I have my first one-act play tonight. So that was a lot of fun. It's like they do do like these hour-long plays for like the teachers and other actors. Right. I had so many people stopping me to tell me how good I right, did. Right. And tonight was kind of like a, yeah, I finally arrived moment. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah. I feel you on that. Bro. Good. Your time's been well, on. Bro, we're here to talk about yeah. something that is so long coming. It's so crazy. We're finally talking about this because this is a podcast so long in the making. Our reactions to the very long-anticipated Snyder Cut. Mm. It's insane to to even think we're doing it. It it makes no, like, it still has to register with me. You got to let it sit for a minute. You got to let it marinate. You know what I'm saying? This isn't like, uh, this isn't like, tangible when we were like it was tangible but like we knew it was there but it's like not something that you could like physically grasp right your mind or with your you know how movies like we could talk about infinity war and endgame and how we knew those movies were coming you know what i'm saying the 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 path to that to those events were solid they in the way and once we got there, it was tangible. It was within reach. We sat down, assumed it, and then it was just the rest was history. So, but like with 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 Justice League, it was total opposite. We knew it existed, but we couldn't grasp it tangibly. Like there was no way that we thought like, oh, you know, it's close. It's right there until now. And so, like, you know, nowadays, now that I'm what I've watched the movie probably about 15, 16 times now, like, it just, it, you, you gotta let it age on you, man. And I never thought that, never thought that it would be here, but here it is. Like, it's, it's one of the biggest, to me, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest, you know, of all time for this movie to come out the way it came out, you know, and it was, there's I've, nothing I can say that hasn't already been said. And I think for me, you know me, bro. You know that I could care less about what, you know, the fans, other people think. I could care less about the, what, you know, the critics think or Rotten Tomatoes think, you know. But this time, it's different. You know, I, I, I think, because I, I knew I was going to love the movie. You darn right I love it. 
But mm-hmm. like, I think for me, what really made my day was seeing other people react to it, seeing the awareness that was brought about, um, the celebrities reacting to it, Leslie Jones, all the gaming community, the, the, the artist community, you know, uh, DeAndre Drummond reacting to it, you know, just so many other out of the box celebrities that you never would even think paid attention to it. Just bring like, bro, like talking about how great the movie is and how awesome it is. Just like, you know, it's the support from the world once the movie came out, you know, and I don't, I don't put stock in Rotten Tomatoes either, but for the fan rating to be at 95%, second only to the Dark Knight, because the fans love it. I mean, and, and bro, I can't lie. That, that, I'm, I'm that makes me this. smile. I gotta tell you this. I would say the Snyder Cut is the best DC film this side of the Dark Knight. You you think so? You believe that? I think it's the best one they've come out with since the Dark Knight. And yes, I would say even so over Joker. Wow. And I'm going to tell you why. Yes, Joker was a revolutionary film that spoke on a broad topic, and it was great. Justice League is something I've dreamed of since I was a kid. Like, eight years old, I was wanting a live-action Justice League movie. And I'll never forget the first time I saw the Avengers in theaters. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I thought it was amazing, but then I remember thinking, man... But what if that were Batman and Superman together? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? And then I'll never forget in 20, what was it, 2016 when BVS came out? Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, despite what I may say about the movie, Snyder gave me that. You know what I mean? Like, I got to to see some big-time scenes. Like Batman shooting up the bat signal to draw out Superman. That was crazy. Uh, right. You know, he gave me great moments. And then he gave me a film that was everything I've ever wanted since I was a kid with Justice. Like, I got to see Dark Side on the big screen. Yeah. Or not the big screen, but in my, like on a TV, in a movie, live action, Dark Side. That scene right. was wild. So. For me, as just a diehard DC fan, yeah. I think it's the best DC film to come out since The Dark Knight. That's awesome, man. That's that's awesome. I'm 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 glad that you that you've come to that. I'm glad that other people are have have loved it too, man, and like to have that praise too. Because a lot of people know that the relationship between Chris Nolan and Zack Snyder is an important the fact that <clears throat> Chris Nolan has always been you know he's been that far where you can take DC movies he's been that far you know and like to have you know Zack always in constant communication always you know he was there with Man of Steel executive producer on BVS, Wonder Woman, like, you know, just having having Nolan there, man, and having that effect and having his, that's big. And so for you to, you know, for you to say that, like, we can put this, you know, the best, best DC movie since The Dark Knight, which is like the creme de la crib of, of, of DC, you know, that's big, bro. That's big. And I think, I think also as well, I think what made it big for me was the fact that it wasn't just like a, a, a two and a half hour affair. And I know that for some people to run an issue and that's fine. And um, which is exactly why I'm glad they did the movie up in the part so you could break it up and watch it individually. But just the sheer scale, like, yeah, you, you're going to get a Justice League movie of it which means you're gonna you're gonna get everything you're gonna get every single character fleshed out to the max you're gonna get all the villains you know what i'm saying like just it was big like it wasn't just a justice league movie it was a big justice league movie 
you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, that's just saying a lot. It's just, this man just gave you a four hour Justice League epic and did it for free. Didn't even get paid, didn't even take money. He just did it because of the cause and because of everything it means. And that says a lot, bro. That just says so much. And so, you know, I think the movie, I can't really find about the movie is that the sequels have not been greenlit yet. That's the only negative thing I can say about Zack Snyder's JL is that the sequels have not been greenlit. That and you have to watch this movie multiple you can't just watch this movie one time and then walk out. Cause at first, when I first watched it, my anticipation was so high that I just couldn't believe I was watching it to begin with. But it wasn't until like the third, fourth and fifth viewings where, okay, it started to break down for me and I started to really get my thoughts on it. So this is not a movie that you can just watch one time and be like, all right, that, that was pretty good. No, you gotta, you gotta let it age on you a little bit. And, and it starts to get really, really good. And, um, but yeah, your thoughts on that, bro. Your thoughts. I mean, you, you know what I admire about you, Eric, is uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a bit hesitant to tell you that I like the movie only because I have said so much negative shit about the movie prior to it coming out. Right. So I kind of halfway expected you to taunt me. <laughs> oh no no but, no no but just the fact that you're over there it's just like a pure thing for you where it's like all you care about is the movie and i gotta admit i admire that that's really cool uh it's, it's all respect bro i'm not because that because like that would be the toxic death because if 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 you were on the line probably with any like maybe like 60 65 percent of any of the other people in the snyder cut movement not that it's a bad thing but they're a passionate group they are a very passionate group and the other people that can come across as toxic you know so there are definitely people out there telling people who talked who didn't who weren't as hyped about it to begin with that are now loving it they're People out there, you know, oh, I told you so, you know, oh, what did I tell you? You know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, that's just, that's, that's because I've definitely been wrong about things before that I've had to go back on and admit too. And the best way to like remedy that is to just be like, say, I bet, bro, you know, you were right. Like, for example, I never thought in a million, like when I absolutely scoffed at the idea you would want Disney or any other big name studio to own DC, the IP. But then after all this happened with the release and then post, bro, I'm finding myself where <laughs> saying what you said, you know, like, yeah, I would absolutely be okay with DC being owned by Disney and or any other studio at this point, anyone besides Warner Brothers, I'd be okay with it. I mean, how could you not be? And, you know, I understand at the beginning why you were hesitant about the idea of uh, Disney owning DC. I mean, like Matt said, it would be a monopoly. But, I mean, I just look at what Disney's done. Hey there, you cut out. Oh, my bad. Can you hear me? Bro? I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There you go. Go ahead. Repeat what you were saying again. I'm sorry. I was saying I can understand why you might be against the idea of Disney being or of uh, DC being owned by Disney, but yeah, I mean, man, you just look at what they've done with Marvel, though. It's insane right. to think about how they've made it. I mean, it's you can debate if it's the best franchise of all time but the numbers don't lie it is the biggest it is the biggest right so i mean it's insane and what amazes me is the consistency of how good the movies have been 
and the clear structure of everything and the storytelling's been great. Whereas, like I've been saying, with Warner Brothers, they've been just like a monkey throwing shit at a wall, praying to God something sticks. They don't know what they're doing. They do not know right. what they're doing. And Eric, I had this thought. Think about this. Let's do a quick role play scenario here. Because I keep hearing people say, like, Warner Brothers must not want to make money. Like, how can they defend it? Because they're not greenlighting the Snyderverse. All right. So imagine you're at the board at Warner Brothers and you're saying that, like, you know, y'all must not want to make money because of all this success the Snyder Cut's having, right? What if Warner Brothers' logic is, well, the DCU project we've made the most money off of, Snyder had no part in. Because the yeah. highest grossing, I'm not saying it's the best, but Aquaman is the highest grossing DCU movie. And I feel like that might be their logic. Yeah, it 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 would be a part of that logic. But at the same time, like, I, I believe, I don't know if Zach was a, a producer on that movie. The only thing he had a hand in was really casting Jason Momoa as Aquaman. That's really that's really about it. And um and I don't throw any shade on that. I you know, I don't throw any shade on that. But at the same time, if I'm sitting in Warner Brothers executive room, I'm 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 also wondering what's the risk of that. You know what I'm saying? What is the what's the risk of potentially sort of because we know outside of Aquaman you know they didn't really they haven't really done anything else post 2017 and I mean I, I don't know what the mindset was for Warner Brothers bro. I just I don't know because we had that discussion too about the 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 what if and you know I hate dealing in what ifs but like we talked about well what if, how would we know if if Zach's Justice League would have done any better had it been released in 2017? I don't know if we can say, I mean, of course, in my heart of hearts, now that the movie is out and the whole world loves it, I would love for nothing more than to say, yep, we absolutely know now that ZSJL would have been a success like this in 2017 had they dropped it then. I wish I could say that in my heart of hearts. That's what I, that's what I want to believe personally. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, because of the reactions to BBS, because of, you know, the, the, the divisiveness between, you know, the audiences, you know, they weren't all really on one accord and the story hadn't, panned out yet and it it was it's a weird thing to try to explain it's just it was one of those things where you just would have had to let it play out to see what would have happened you know and now we've seen it play out did it take a long time yeah but i mean now everyone's on the same accord everyone's like bro zach was actually on to something like bro zach is you know that was actually pretty great like oh yeah this is you know so now everybody's on that same accord, you know, and that's cool. But um, I don't know, man. I don't know what mindset. I, as far as a an outside DC IP mindset, I think Warner Brothers is absolutely on the right track. They can't they can't do any wrong with uh with the MonsterVerse. They've done great. They can't do any wrong with any other property outside of the DC universe, you know. I'm excited for Mortal Kombat. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm glad that all these same that all these uh same day theater releases are coming out and everything because that's that's great for me. I got a kid. I can't necessarily go to the so I mean that's been beneficial to me and to a lot of people who still want to who are trying to get back into the theater. So I mean, WB's done a good job outside of everything minus. DC for some reason they I don't know what frame of mindset they're in 
with DC. They can't seem to establish an identity when it comes down to that little branch of IP. They just don't know. It's like they saw Marvel and it's just like, well, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I, re- I really don't know. And at this point, and this is not a rant, I, it's I'm beyond I'm beyond caring <laughs> for 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 WB as far as DC goes. I'm beyond caring because you ain't gonna listen to anyone anyway. You know, you're not listening to anybody anyway. The HBO Max numbers speak for themselves. How big this movie is doing, and you're you know you're twiddling your thumbs. You're still trying to push away from it, which is fine. You can do that if you want to. Still not. The noise ain't going away, so I don't I don't know what what the deal is, but I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on with WB. I'm beyond trying to figure them out at this point. All the writers have come out. Chris Terrio's been like, bro, I hate Warner Brothers for what they did back back in the day when I was working on BVS. I hated the all this Ray Fisher, everything, the whole nine, bro. Like I just I've lost the energy to 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 try to fight with WB anymore, like <laughs> legit. I I have no, I got nothing for him. I got nothing for him. I just don't. I feel that man, and it, it it's sad because I mean I thought the, I mean let's talk about the movie though in and of itself, like what we liked about it because we can talk about Warner Brothers till we're blue in the face. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, real quick. Yeah, I understand. I'm going to list the two things and then I'll pass it off to you and you can say however many you like. But like, there were two major things that I thought the mm-hmm. Snyder Cut did that uh, Justice League absolutely failed to do. Number one was the portrayal of Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. The, the Justice League Steppenwolf was about as bland and vanilla of a villain as you can ever have. Like, not very intimidating. Yeah. The only thing you could say positive about it is that it was somewhat more comic book accurate, even though neither interpretation really was. But, I mean, it was just like, you know, right. unless you were a diehard DC fan, it is never explained why Steppenwolf is even there. Or, you know, and then like, dark side is never really mentioned and it's just like hmm? like the plot was just so lazy and and sad and then with the Snyder Cut they actually gave Steppenwolf a whole new personality and a reason to be there you know what I mean like and they actually somehow made him sympathetic. Right. I don't know how they pulled that off, but they managed to take a character as gruesome as Steppenwolf and make him sympathetic. Because, like, I think everyone felt bad for him when he was begging with the sod to come home. Like, I felt, I felt that. Yeah. Yeah. That what, was what was your thought on that scene? Today at work, mm-hmm. while I was cleaning up, I, I wasn't <laughs> listening to Drake. I wasn't listening to Metallica. I wasn't listening to uh to anything else that I normally listen to. God's honest truth. I was listening to the Decide and Stefan will throw uh talking scene. Both of them. Dark Times appearance and everything. That's what I was listening to today. I was walking around mumbling. I'm going to bask in the glow of anti-life. And then all, all of creation <laughs> shall Legit. be mine. That's all of it shall be like, bro. So like shortly, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. There was, there was nothing special about 2017 Stephen Wolf that, that, that made him sympathetic. Nothing. Like and Syrian Hines even was pissed about it. He was like, "This is not the his character voice that I worked so hard too. on." That's this what was so him. crazy. Like his voice was totally different. Oh yeah, they switched it up. 
they switched it up for sure. And I loved it. I think, I think I rewatched his first appearance in the movie, like 50. I had to rewind it because I'm like, I don't even remember what 2017's Justice League step. I don't even know what he's, I don't remember any of his dialogue. That's how bad it was. But like, I can hear Stephen Wolf when he's like, you know, God dang, I will bathe, you know, in your, I've come to enlighten you to the great darkness. And he's like, so arrogant with like, not arrogant, but like, he's announcing like, this is what's going to happen. And this is what I'm going to do. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm here to enlighten you to the great darkness and I will bathe in your fear. And then like after that whole thing went down, the, 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 the temple sinks into the water and the music that plays when this man hops from the ocean depths of Thermoscira out of the water, ascending into the skies to wreak mm-hmm. havoc. That was just glorious, and it was scary as it was scary as hell. You know what I'm saying? Chops off the spear that the woman's bringing towards him, slices her head in half. Niggas throwing horses and shit. Like the shit was just brutal. And like his pleading scenes to decide, you know, people don't understand the depths of that, of how much trouble he's in. You know, the conviction he has when he looks in Desaad's eyes, he's like, you know, he's like, you betrayed him, your own family. And and he's like, but I, I recognize my mistakes and I slaughtered those who sought the throne. And Desaad's like, so you still betrayed him and you owe him 50,000 more worlds. I'm like, what? So you're nowhere near close to even being done with paying your debt. You're not coming home. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, he's just, it's, it was crazy. But I, all the way up until his decapitation, all the, the whole, just, he was a He, he really he was. was. He had the best entrance for a villain this side of yeah. Thanos I've ever he seen. Just awesome. like that sheer brutality. Like he just showed up, whooped every Amazon in sight, took the mother box and left. Like he did exactly what he said he was going to do. Yes. That was brutal. And it took Flash. I mean, technically Steppenwolf did beat the Justice League. And it but it took Flash going back in time to Yeah. I'll tell you this is the second thing. Well, actually, this technically is the second right. and third thing, but it's two characters. Cyborg and Flash, even though I'm still not thrilled about Flash being mm. so young, because I still feel sort of like it's a Tony Stark, Peter Parker type relationship, and in the comics, Barry's a grown mm. man. But I can look past that now, because I kind of like Ezra more. But Flash and Cyborg were so much better. Like, I was not prepared for Cyborg to be my favorite character in the whole movie. Like, you feel yeah. you feel so bad for him, but he serves such a great yeah. purpose in the film. And then, man, Flash, in the Just, uh, Justice League movie, he was insufferable. Because he was like a dollar store Tom Holland. He really was, man. He was just like... He was trash. Every complaint you could think of with Tom Holland, Spider-Man, like, oh, he's too campy. Oh, he makes too many jokes. You can say it's doubly true about Justice League's Flash. Sad but true. In the words of Metallica. Yes. I I It was gone. <laughs> yes. Sad but true. I think... I think, uh... I think for Cyborg, yeah, he was definitely the heart of the movie. He was just that conviction he has that, you know, he absolutely is the most powerful weapon in the world. I mean, man went and put like 100K in a woman's bank account, set her up for life. That conviction that he's been wronged, but he still has a purpose is powerful, you know, and Ray, Ray Fisher was just incredible, man. And... Yet again, 
WB cutting his flash move, his so his uh his solo cyborg movie, I believe, and then his cameo in the Flash. Big mistake after seeing this man perform in Justice League. Big mistake. Flash. That scene with Iris was all I needed. That was all I needed. Give me something. If we're doing a Flashpoint movie, you might as well go ahead and anchor in what Flash's world revolves around, which in this current day and age, 90% of the time is Iris. And so in that one moment where he's saving Iris State, the song by Rose Betts, shout out to her. She's absolutely blown up off that song. Um, just that, man, just the beauty of, of that moment of him saving her. And, you know, it just it's that's what it's all about. Him trying to be fast enough to save people. And especially save Iris, you know, so it's this real sort of, you know, this is the basis of Flash sort of moment. And it was it was very beautiful. And then his ending scene where the Justice League loses. And this man is so fast that he reverses time. And that was just a very powerful moment. It was powerful. It was epic. It's heartwarming, you know, and it's nothing more I can say about Flash. He was awesome. Um, also, side note for Wonder Woman, they put respect back on Wonder Woman's name with this movie, bro. Major disrespect, and Gal Gadot called it a curse in her recent interview that she just had with Vanity Fair, I think, or I forgot who, but she called it, she called Justice League a curse. She's like, I'm glad Zach was able to fix the curse. I mean, uh, you know, she, she called it a curse, and I was like, that's true, because they disrespected you. Joss put your whole ass in the movie, which for the life of me, I don't know why he did that. They put a sexual nudio scene in there where Flash falls on top of you. And I'm like, this is some immature, weak ass shit, you know, and they, they just it was totally disrespectful. But once she once in this once she's in this cut and we see Zach's version, you know, Wonder Woman's out here deflecting bullets like no like no one can. She's throwing people. Just, bro, just epic, you know, and that was the true essence of, of who Wonder Woman is. She's brave, she's bold, she's loving, and she is kind, and she will kick your ass, and she will chop your head off, you know what I'm saying? So, respect to Patty Jenkins, too. I don't know where you get this concept that Wonder Woman would not carry a sword. This isn't the 80s anymore, but, uh, you know. It is what it is. They put respect back on Wonder Woman's name, and I'm glad they did that. Oh, yeah. I'm Wonder just glad Woman, they like, fixed that. Everything me. about this movie was so. much better. So overall rating, before we move on to the next segment, unless you have anything to say, I- I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the film. Um. Yeah. Good. All right. So real quick to reiterate, this is my how my rankings work. One to two is unwatchable. Three to four is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Five is bad, but maybe average. Six and seven's good. Eight and nine is great. And ten is like the Godfather. So for this film, I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. That's good. I give it a nine out of ten. That's good, right? That's a very good rating for it. Nine out of ten. Bet. I run it about. I run it a nine point five out of ten. And uh, you caught me off guard that last time. You were like, "Wait, it's not a ten out of 10? I thought it would be a ten out of ten. For me, it is a ten out of ten. But I say nine point five because I need these sequels. You know what I'm saying? That's the only con that I have about this movie is that this isn't some movie that you just pull off the shelf and decide, oh, I'm just going to watch it, you know, just for, no, this is one of those movies where like you have to sit down, you got to dig deep and you got to really get settled and get ready to take a journey with this movie. The same way that I do with Lord of the Rings, the same way that I do when I rebinge the Star Wars saga, the same way you know, that I do with anything of high esteem. And so for me, the only the only bad thing about this movie is that the ignorance of its studio will prevent it from getting sequels. 
So that's the only thing I, I negative I have to say. 9.5 out of 10. This is I've, I've spent three, four, five years of my life invested in fighting for this movie, fighting for this vision, and I'm very proud to have been a part of the process and the community to bring this movie out. So I mean, you should be proud because it's a I'm damn proud good and I'm movie. happy. 9.5 out of 10. You got anything else to say on Hell this? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, outside of the fact that probably I'm going to go catch up on the Winter Soldier and then watch the Snyder Cut again tonight. Because I figure you probably have a good bit to say <laughs> on this next segment. Probably not. So, folks, listening, in addition to Marvel and With DC, this. Eric and I are also huge sports nerds. One of our favorite sports is the UFC. And... Yes. There's a fighter that Eric loves that me, not so much, but that's the reaction he gets from everybody. His name's Conor McGregor. And what? <laughs> He's no, officially fighting Dustin Poirier July 10th, so it turns out all of that talk about Conor canceling the fight was bullshit. I figured it was. He's trolling again. So it oh, appears troll, that trolling. the Conor McGregor pre-Khabib Conor McGregor is making a return. That That's what it seems like we're getting. Like 15-16 Conor is coming back. Eric, what do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. We We can go back to our earlier conversations about um, when he was announced to fight Poirier and then our reactions post uh, the conversation we had post Poirier uh, McGregor two after McGregor lost. And I recall saying that, you know, I was glad to see this humble Connor. I was glad to see that he learned his lesson, but, you know, and he was very humble. And in that, that's awesome. But at the same time, it felt like he kind of lost that edge he kind of lost that ferociousness that he had that brought him to prominence in the first place and that kind of that 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 works for a lot of it doesn't work for his because it's not what got him to where he is being humble connor is not what got him to where he is trash talking trolling mass level talker you know, and then backing it up on occasion is what got Connor to where he is. It's what made him the most entertaining fighting figure in all of combat sports. So I'm glad to see this Connor back because he's going to need it. He is going to need it because that, um, that he won't survive without it. He's going to need to garner that presence of old. So if he loses this fight, the third fight, People are not going to be talking about him in the same way that they used to. If he loses this fight, he cannot lose this fight. And so I'm glad he's back talking noise. I'm glad he's back to being ferocious. You know, it's what it's what he needs and it's what the sport needs too. You know, because we already got a lot of characters out there, you know, who are crazy, wild, and insane, but when you mention Conor McGregor, that's a different story. That's like, you know, that's a different, it's just a different story, bro. So it's time to get that old Conor back. And I'm, I'm glad to see it. I'm glad to see it. He, but I'm sorry. No, I was saying just one more thing. But in addition to this old Conor that we're seeing come back, put a limit, and I'm pretty sure he knows, put a limit on that thing. Put a limit on that thing. Keep up. We will take all the trash talking, trolling. We'll take it all day. That's what we want. That's what people pay to see. We don't pay money to watch the pay per views to see you, you know, throw buses. I mean, throw uh, dollies at buses and to insult people's families. We can't have that again. And I and I'm pretty sure Connor knows that. Connor absolutely understands that, and he would not dare 
go to that place again, thinking that he is so above every everyone that he thinks he could get away with anything scot-free. He would, I, I, I imagine he would not do that again. So that's all. That's all from me as far as this. Yeah, I mean, I agree with uh, most everything you said. I definitely agree that Connor has a much better chance to win fights if he goes back to the Conor McGregor that got in people's heads. Yeah. I mean, I'm a firm believer if Conor didn't talk all the shit he did, there's no way he would have knocked out Jose Aldo as quick as he did. No way. Jose, Jose Aldo was the longest reigning featherweight champion. I think he still is the all-time longest reigning uh, featherweight champion. Mm-hmm. And he, w- he was smart. He was cerebral. He was an all-around great fighter. But in that fight, Connor got in his head, and Jose Aldo fought very much unlike himself. Very much. And it worked on a lot of people until he got to Khabib. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just one guy. I would favor Connor over Dustin if this is old Connor coming back. I'm going to tell you another reason why. Connor's biggest problem as of late, in my opinion, is this whole taking a year and two years off in between fights. Yeah. Like, as a fighter, you've got to get that repetition in. Yeah. Like, that that was the main reason why going into the Khabib fight, I just didn't see it. Because I'm like, bro, you haven't fought in, in two years. Yeah. And you're going to fight a guy who's, I think he was 26 or 27 and 0 at the time. Yeah. But he's ba- he's basically steamrolling everybody. Lit- I mean, I would have liked to have seen... Yeah, I would love to have seen Connor had like at least one warm up fight before that. Yeah. Um, but then after that, he doesn't fight for quite some time. But then he fights Cerrone, knocked him out in a minute. But I mean, if we're being honest, I don't know how much thought we can put in that. That was, was poor Cerrone. That was a sacrifice fight. That that was it, something to make him look. It 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 really was, and I don't want to disrespect Cowboy because he's a, an absolute pioneer and legend in this game. Yeah. But, but I mean, come on, man. Yeah. He, he never really had a chance. Right. Um, but then, you know, I think another part of it is, I think people underestimate Dustin Poirier. Yeah. I get, I think a lot of people got caught up in the fact that Connor had knocked him out in the first round once upon a time. Mm-hmm. But people need to understand that, Dustin Poirier is the only man to have ever even come close to beating Khabib. The only one. He got a guillotine in on Khabib, and that was about the only time I've ever been like, oh shit, Khabib's going to lose. Yeah. Other than that, mm-mm. Dustin Poirier has beaten Justin Gaethje. Dustin Poirier has beaten pretty much everybody. Mm. He is w- one of the top uh, he right now is the number one ranked lightweight in the world. Right. So it's not like Connor lost to a bum in that fight. No. And people are like, oh, Connor needs to retire. He lost. I'm like, bro, Dustin Poirier is way better than you think. Right. He ain't- he, he's, the, oh. he's the number one lightweight in the world. And if I'm being honest, People are comparing the Poirier fight to the Khabib fight, but I think that's bullshit, and I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. Not not all losses are created equally. No. All right? The Poirier fight, there were several moments in that match where I actually thought Connor would win because he was cracking Poirier in that fight. Now, of course, obviously the, the leg kicks got the better of him. Oh, yeah. But Connor, like right, I think it was like 15 seconds before he ultimately got knocked out, cracked Dustin with an overhand. Yeah. So I mean, he he was doing good. It was a he was pretty yeah. solid. Yeah, it was back and forth. The Khabib fight was never back and forth. That's the difference. That fight was first round to fourth round. Khabib got him on the ground, wore him out, did what he wanted, and then choked him out after pounding his face in. That's the difference. So, like, it is not beyond the realm of possibility for Connor to win the trilogy. 
And believe it or not, I'm betting on Connor to do it. Yeah. The main reason being, McGregor knows more than anybody what's at stake. And Dustin can afford this loss a lot more than Connor can. Yeah. Connor, absolutely. This is like the first fight in his career in quite some time where I say, Connor McGregor, you must win. Do or die. Like, if Connor doesn't win this fight, how does he hype himself up for anything? If he loses this fight, he'll have to retire. Especially by knockout. Yeah. I mean, it could be a saving grace if he goes to a decision and maybe loses in a split decision. But if Connor McGregor is cold clock KO'd in this one, it's- it. If he stays in the UFC, it's going to be a long way back to the top. Yeah. You know, I mean, he he's really going to have to earn it because Dana can't sell that now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Connor's been gifted this fight, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, think, I mean, but think about, yeah, the risk in this fight is high, but the reward could also be high in the form of either a title shot against the winner of Oliveira and Chandler. Yeah. Or a shot at Justin Gaethje for the uh, number one contenders fight. Right. So what I'm saying is if Connor loses, his career is going to be over pretty soon. If he wins, I see him having a title shot in the near future. Very near future. Yeah. So, I mean, he absolutely can't lose. Uh, And... I'm not necessarily pulling for him to win, but I feel like he's going to. Yeah. That's that's where I'm at with it. Personally, I would like to see Poirier end him, but um, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. And then now to kind of end the show off, one more fight prediction. Yes. So there's a fight that's being rumored it's going to happen. Uh, maybe, maybe not, but it's got a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. It it would be the matchup of who many people consider the greatest UFC fighter of all time, and John Jones, mm-hmm. against the undoubtedly scariest UFC fighter of all time, and Francis Ngannou. So, Eric, let me ask you, if the two of them were to fight, who would you bet on? I'm betting on Francis Ngannou to win if him and John got in the ring. I mean, in the octagon. Because at that heavyweight division, the power is just different. I hate to say it, but it is. That power is just different and we've seen fights like that where guys come up from light heavyweight and transition to heavyweight that power and those extra few pounds make all of the difference and so you know I just don't I don't see John being as agile as he would be at light heavyweight or another weight class and being able to maintain all that fighting Francis Ngannou because all it takes is one time that's all it takes one time for Francis to catch you and especially especially since Francis learned his lesson from fighting Stipe the first time because first time he was just swinging wild which is how majority of his knockouts come but the second time he was way more composed he chose his shots you know what I'm saying he he sort of was smarter with his shot selection and all it takes is one time all it takes is one time and if john's gets caught if jones gets caught it's a wrap there's no recovering from that so i'm i'm putting my trust in on francis to win this one and it would be like maybe john's could maybe jones could hang in there maybe about two or three rounds but i predict a tko or ko in about the late second or third round just about This is actually a tough pick for me, but uh, 
It's because, man, it's like, yes, Francis Ngannou has the power of a freight train, man, but John has a ridiculous fighter IQ, and if I, if, I, if I had to bet, I would take Francis simply because, well, number one, I'm biased because I'd be pulling for Francis. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not so much that I hate John, it's just I respect the hell out of Francis Ngannou's story. Yeah. I mean, this dude came from a small African country, from nothing, came over here, got all the way to the championship about and then he shit the bed against the champion and then he had another bad fight after that because if you recall he followed up the loss to Stipe and a loss against Derek Lewis with what might have been the most boring fight in UFC history right right but then after that fight he took Curtis Blades Kane Velasquez uh who were the other two hold on might have to look those up. I didn't. I didn't catch those like those fights. Hold on. I need to pull this up because he went on a tear. Hold on. Yeah, it was Curtis Blades, Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, and I can't say this other dude's name. I forget how to say it, but he knocked uh, the dude whose name I can't say out. Round one, twenty seconds. Junior Dos Santos, round one, minute and 11. Cain Velasquez, round one, 26 seconds. And Curtis Blades, round one, 46 seconds. Putting in work. Like, he took four men and sent them to hell. I mean, he came back, and, and the way he fought Francis this time was so much smarter. Yeah. And, and, you know, Francis was actually... I don't know if Francis could beat him if they fought a third time. Because Francis... Or, or Stipe. If, I don't know if Stipe could beat him, I bet. Um, yeah. Because, I mean... He was losing that fight, but he did have good moments. But, I mean, man, he made a, a critical error. Just running it at Francis like that. That was... Man, that's asking to get knocked out. That was stupid. <laughs> Oh yeah, well he he knows he knows now. Yeah. And well, bro, it was so much fun to get back on here. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, this was definitely needed, and hopefully we can get back to getting them done daily. You know what I'm saying? It's so much to talk about, so much to get back into, bro. So much. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. This, this was fun. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I look forward to the next episode for sure. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio. This is an after-hours episode, so if you're up, we're up. And this one's for all you guys, and we'll catch you guys later, man. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.